Hello everyone, it's your girl Teresa and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it. I'm going to read a poem from my book of poetry called A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is called My Story. And it goes, To see me on the outside, you would not believe that the pain on the inside could run so very deep. How could you handle it when as a young child you were told that your hopes and dreams are not even allowed? You have no right to wish and be happy because in doing so, it is a mere fantasy. Smiling was a definite no-no and you better not have that happy glow. You know, the one when everything in your world seems great and all of the little things you truly appreciate. When seeing a stranger, you joyfully say, hello, or your smile is reciprocated by someone you don't know. Because you were full of joy, happiness was an expression from the inside of your being. It was a part of you. And even though you didn't see it coming over time, it eventually evolved in you to the point that misery could no longer stick around. You triumphantly placed your feet on solid ground. You bid farewell to sadness and pain and you decided that joy in your heart could forever reign. The deeper the pain, the greater the joy. Where I was once silent, I now use my voice. I choose to speak from the highest mountain and drink from the youth fountain. Life is a gift, one without exchange, but I took my chance to rearrange the perception that others had of me and I decided not to keep feeling guilty about the joy that lies deep within me I made the choice to be my own best friend, to listen, honor, love, and respect the voice within. To see me on the outside, maybe you wouldn't believe that I once was a disabled person after surviving two brain surgeries. When I overcame that trial, I uprooted the pain, which once was rooted deeply in me, but all glory belongs to God. He delivered me so that I could live to tell my story. And so on tonight, I hope that you all are well. If you are listening to this in the evening or in the morning, um, I do hope that it falls on joyful ears. And if your spirits are feeling down, I still hope by the end of the podcast that you'll find a glimpse of happiness or joy. But um, I wanted to just delve into this situation that occurred. And um, I learned, well, I mean, I guess with everyone having cell phones and all of that now, in a sense, our phones are an extension of who we are. However, I, as a parent, wanted to implement a new tactic, which was encouraged by my child's school. And what they had suggested was that I go ahead and maybe take my daughter's cell phone from her 
while school is happening. Now, y'all know school lasts about seven or eight hours. So I tried that method this morning and it really created a whole lot of just chaos. And I'm putting it as mildly as I can. But there were words that were exchanged and there were things that my daughter said that I was like, I mean, it really crushed my spirit. So when she when she expressed those words, I was, of course, you know, you know, when someone's high up in emotion, they may say things that they don't mean, say things that they don't feel. And so after she calmed down and she came back and she apologized, what really resonated with me and I wanted her to get it was that we're not promised the next minute. We're not promised the next day. So even in the heat of anger, you still got to be careful of the words that you speak to other people, what you say and how you say it. And so I, I pretty much let her know. I was like, let's just say, for instance, you had uttered those words and spewed those words out of anger. And then something happened to me. Those have been the last words that you spoke to your mother. Now, I could I would be, you know, would be gone or whatever. But that would that would have been one of the last things that was left on my heart. So my heart would have been broken. And then that would have been the last thing that was left on her heart. So her heart would have been broken. And I was like this, even if taking the cell phone from you was an opportunity for us to see deeper than the cell phone, then to God be all the glory. If it took me to take the cell phone from you for you to see just how connected you are to where you cannot be separate from it for not even eight hours, then Houston, we've got a problem. So when it comes to my wanting and desiring a relationship, my wanting and desiring my future husband to manifest, one of the things that I am trying to be consciously aware of are the words that come out of my mouth. Because I know that there will be times that we may have a discussion and we may not see eye to eye. If you practice your love language now, then you won't have to get ready when that time comes. So if you practice how to speak life into someone now, then you won't have to get ready when that time comes. If you practice on how to keep your peace, then you won't have to get ready when that time comes. I remember when I was once married, because I have been married before, and I remember looking over the course of our marriage, how every time my ex-husband and I would get into an argument, it's like we would, it was like a sport to go for the jugular. Now, the only thing about trying to go for the jugular, I still got to live with you after everything subsides. So now I'm looking at you sideways. I don't want you laying next to me. I don't want you in my vision. I don't want you in my peripheral vision. I don't even want you in my sight. And I remember that there, there's a scripture that talks about how a contentious woman, how literally it's like if you're dealing with a contentious woman, the husband would rather live on the rooftop <laughs> than to live with a contentious woman. 
And when I look back over that marriage, that's exactly what I was. Because I married him for the wrong reasons. And he married me for the wrong reasons. So eventually, our intimacy was not going to be enough to sustain that marriage. Eventually, even the fact that he had a relationship with God and I had a relationship with God, that still was not going to be enough to sustain the marriage. Because we never, ever attempted to make God the foundation of our union. It was always him versus me. Me versus him. I didn't trust him. He didn't trust me. I didn't truly give my heart to him because my heart was with someone else. And so looking back and the crazy thing is, it's like even after I came to the revelation of like, what have I done there was a side of me that didn't want to give up because I didn't want to be that person that was viewed as, oh, see, we knew it wasn't going to last. See, we knew she was that relationship was. Now. I didn't want to be that person. So I stuck in the relationship while remaining miserable for the sake of saving face with people that really don't even care. But it took me six and a half years for me to finally come to the realization that, okay, Lord, I did this for all the wrong reasons. And I know that repentance is when you turn away from. So because I made this choice to marry this man and it was not a God ordained relationship, your hand was not in it. I see now the fruit that are being born from this. And yes, we got some beautiful children out of the deal. But at the end of the day, we were not in love. And the love that we had grown to have for one another was not enough to sustain anybody's relationship. And so once I came to that conclusion, like, I just can't do this. One of the reasons is because it didn't matter that we uttered the words, I love you. He put his hands on me. I put my hands on him. There was nothing about the act of our saying that we loved each other. It was nothing about that. Like it was just, they were just words. We didn't love each other. We barely liked each other. We probably like each other more now than we're ex-husband and wife. And so I, once I came to the realization like this, I don't want this. I remember fasting and praying, seeking counsel, asking people, you know, just all of that. And then one day I just like, I was like, Lord, I'm just, I need to talk to you. Like we really need to talk about this now situation because there's too much that has happened and it's too much that has transpired in the course of this marriage. It's not enough for me to want to stay in it. Like there's nothing, the kids weren't even enough for me to want to stay in this marriage. So I remember like, I remember the weight of God hating divorce. That was the weight that kept, it was just over my head. Like, oh, God hates divorce. Oh, God hates divorce. What's the church going to say? Well, you know, that was the whole battle that I was going through. And I remember so clearly as I'm having this discussion with God, he said, Teresa, the Bible says what God has put together, let no man put us under. I hate divorce when I have put it together. And I was like, oh, huh, huh. So 
the more that I thought about that, I was like, so you're not going to be mad at me if I divorce him? God is like, Teresa, <laughs> I'm not going to be angry with you for if you get a divorce. I'm going to bless you whether you stay in the marriage or whether you leave the marriage. And I was like, oh, so if I truly repent, which means that I turn away from the mistake was I married not because I was led by you, God. I married out of fear. I married out of want. I married out of that scripture. It's better to marry than to burn with passion. I did everything wrong. <laughs> but you mean to tell me that if I divorce this man, you will not hold it against me? God said, did I put y'all together? I said, no, you didn't. He said, well, then you answered your own question. <laughs> I said, okay. I can roll with that. So I went ahead and I filed for divorce. And I remember my ex-husband telling me, God doesn't want this. And in my mind, I was like, but I do. <laughs> it's my desire. I don't want to be yoked to you anymore. We were already unequally yoked. This is not helping my circumstance. It's not helping my mental, my children. They got. I know that they were tired of seeing us argue. All of that. I know that they were tired of that. So I want this. I want to be free of whatever this is. And I really truly believe that that was one of the best decisions that I could have ever made. And the reason why I say that is because I was thinking of everyone else when I made the decision to marry. And I was thinking about everyone else of why I was trying to stay in the relationship. But when I started thinking about myself and understanding that I am just as relevant, significant, important that I deserve to be. I deserve to have a peace of mind that surpasses all understanding. That I don't have to co-sign for verbal abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse and everything else that comes with that. Like I don't have to co-sign for that. So a part of my releasing that relationship was saying yes to myself. Everything else that followed even though I went through ups and I went through downs and I asked God, like, why, Lord, you know, after all that he took me through, why would you honor him getting married before you would honor me getting married? I'm not understanding that, Lord. I mean, really? You know, <laughs> I did go through that. But when I looked at the whole picture, I'm like, God, but you've allowed me to do so much healing in my singleness that had I met someone during that course of my being single, I probably still would have had areas of my life that were lying dormant that I had not addressed that needed to be addressed before I said I do the second time. So I now understand that everything happens for a reason and I'm grateful that everything happens for a reason and I'm grateful that God doesn't necessarily tell us no, but sometimes he will tell us wait and I'm glad that he told me to wait because in my waiting season, I was able to literally start pulling down strongholds. 
I was able to learn how to articulate my emotions. I was able to learn how to communicate when I have a certain feeling and I didn't know how to convey that to the offender. Now I'm able to do that and I'm able to do that without hesitation. That was not my testimony 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I would hold that stuff in and hold it in and hold it in. And next thing you know, six months later, I'm exploding and nobody knows why. Because I had been holding all of that stuff in. So I took it upon myself to study Teresa. To study to show myself approved where I approve me before I present myself to anyone going forward. Because there was so much damage that was done in that marriage. So much that I was exposed to in that marriage that I needed more than one year to heal. That I needed to purge some of the thought patterns and then it's like... Because a lot of times what I'm finding out is that when you get in a relationship, that person mirrors your deficiencies. And so in the course of me being in that relationship, I did not like the reflection that I saw. I didn't like the insecurity. I didn't like the non-trusting. I didn't like the paranoia. I didn't like a lot of the, like even the vi being volatile, like I didn't like what that was. I didn't like that feeling. And the crazy thing was, is because I allowed the physical attraction to be one of my determining factors. You know, a lot of us be like, oh, girl, I want a husband that's tall, dark and handsome. Ugh. But there's no substance. Like you need to be making sure that you're praying for substance. That you're praying for, you know, a man that can pray you through, a man that can intercede, that knows how to love on you, that knows how to give you space when you need space, that doesn't take things so personally, that won't deny you intimacy because his feelings are hurt, that knows that your body is his body and his body is your body, and that, you know, that truly gets you. You need a covering. Not a cuddy buddy. And so I'm grateful through the course of my going through all that I went through that that's a valuable that well, I learned a few lessons, but that was one of my <laughs> one of the main lessons. Like you got to be careful what you ask for because you just might get it and it may not be the best thing for you. So. This is going to conclude my podcast for this evening. Um, but y'all know how I do it. I got to read my future hubby, his love letter. So here it goes. And it was written on today, January 25th, 2021. Dear future hubby, it must be God when your ex-husband calls you to tell you that he's listened to your podcast and he believes that God's hand is on you and your podcast. Then says a prayer for its success. Well, that's exactly what my ex-husband did for me last week. You know, it's funny how we often hear a believer here as believers in God that we must forgive others who have offended us. Most times I've heard this and it followed it was followed by forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. However, I beg to differ. I believe forgiveness is for both them and you. It is my prayer that you have truly forgiven any and everyone who has hurt you. It is liberating on both ends. 
To this very day, despite all that my ex-husband and I endured while married, I can see him as an individual who also loves God and stumbled along the way. Does that make him a bad person? Not at all. He was just a bad husband to me. And I was a bad wife to him. As I, too, was stumbling to find my own way. He has since remarried and they make a beautiful team. She brings out the best in him and he brings out the best in her. The way marriage should be, right? Well, at least I pray that this is how our marriage is and will be. Future hubby. This needs to be one of our promises to one another to do our very best with the help of God to edify each other, bring out the best in one another. And when I get on your very last nerve, because I know I will, that you will love me enough to continue to cover me instead of expose me for the whole world to see. Enjoy your blessings. I love you. Love, Teresa. I hope y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening. And like I always say, take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.